Check one, check two. Perfect, Stuart. One, two, one, two. Chest testing one, two, three, one, two, three. Amazing. You're like me, you like to eat the mic. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, uh, any other questions or anything based on that? No. Any, anything you don't want to talk about? No, I can't. Here's what I don't want to do. I hate talking in generalities. Mm-hmm. I hate being on podcasts and th- saying things like, believe in yourself and be true to yourself and hang in there and just do it and it'll come, etc. cetera. Uh, I, I don't think there's any reason to listen to that stuff. And I don't think there's any value in me attaching myself to those kinds of conversations. Yeah. We can all, you know, thumb through Instagram and get 50 sayings of, you know, you got to get up early in the morning in order to achieve your dream. It's a, I, I don't, I don't want to do any of that. Yeah. So my wish is to talk all in specifics, even if that specific is me talking about me yeah. or me talking about you. Um, because I think, you know, I, I give away so much time each week doing this kind of stuff. But my philosophy is if I can, if I can make you better, then your listeners will get better from watching yeah. you get better. Rather than us talking in generalities about how people get better. Yeah. Get that motivation that just maybe goes out the window. It's a little too surfaced. Yeah, and if you can make me better, if in this conversation I go, oh, man, I never thought of that, and it makes me do something that makes my life, my work, my relationships better, then that's something. But yeah. we could go back and forth and, and spout, you know, Tony Robbins shit yeah, yeah, all yeah. day long. But my goal is to talk about things that, you can actually do like in this conversation something you like if i say mark look me in the eye and you do you do that very well but but if we do that and we fix that then someone listening will go oh i just watched a thing happen rather than watch two guys talk about the philosophy of how it happens (laughs) and and two guys talk as though they've made it because th- that ain't it. Well, I'm on the same page with that. I like I like diving deep. I like being specific. Um, and you're right. You go on Instagram, you go on social media, you see a lot of this surface level stuff that maybe feels good for like while you're watching. Oh my God, I can do it. But then the next day, how are you going to put action to that? And that's what I love about your book as well, uh-huh. which we'll get into is uh, there's, there's so much there and stuff that you can start applying today. Well, yeah, because... You know, I work a lot with actors Mm -hmm. and actors. I think the reason most of them don't succeed is they're fed generalities, philosophies, but they're not given the instruction book on how to use it. And and they waste the opportunities when they do get a casting director or an agent or a manager or a big director. They ask the wrong questions. The example I always give is I, I used to do this thing called Inside the Mind of with Mark Measures and um, we'd bring in top casting directors and say, okay, it's time for Q&A. Someone raise their hand and say, um, I've always wondered, do you, do you, do you go to theater? 
And the casting director said, yes, I do. I, I, I go as often as I can. The person said, thank you very much. And I stopped at the thing and said, wait a minute. That's not what you wanted to know. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to know if he goes to theater. What do you really want to know? What you want to know is, would he come see your play? Are you doing a play right now? Yes, I am, actually. I'm doing a play at a small theater. So why did you ask him if he goes to theater when what you really want to know is, will you come see my play? Yeah. Would you come see my play? <clears throat> do you ever go to a 49-seat theater, even though you're a big major casting director doing three major television series, what would be the chances that you would see the work that I'm going to do? Because then he could answer the question directly. He could say, hell no, I am not driving to North Hollywood to... Uh, watch you and three other actors in this little play that you think is good. But maybe you could send me a snippet or maybe you could send me a review or maybe you could have someone call me who has seen the play and tell me what it's about. So we get fed so many quote-unquote rules that aren't the rules. We get fed so many approaches that don't get you anywhere because they're not specific. Hey, Mark, believe in yourself. End of show. Thank you very much. <laughs> yeah. Applause. What, what does that mean? What does that mean? Tell me how to physically apply it. Give me things that are actionable, things that I can do. And then we're having a real conversation. Otherwise, we're just yeah, stroking our own egos. Absolutely. I'm not, I'm not interested in that. I, you know, I'm at an age where I, I got to think about what I'm doing with my day. Yeah. Cause I got to count these days. I've had a major congestive heart failure. So I don't have the luxury of saying, well, you know, I'll just talk generalities this month. And in February, I'll, no, I don't have time for that. And I also don't think that, podcast listeners have the time to listen to the same old stuff. Mm -hmm. So if, if someone's out there listening right now, I don't even know if we're rolling or not, but if someone's out there listening right now, I want something to happen rather than you go, oh, that, was, that was interesting, etc. Yeah. So you ask, is there anything I don't want to talk about? I don't want to talk about general stuff. I want to talk about specific stuff. So I'm going to start by asking you a question. I see the name of this podcast is the Rodriguez Project yes, podcast. Sir. What's the project? What are we trying to do? What what it is are you the project? In other words, is this about Mark's evolution from point A to point Z and different people drop in to push you forward or wrestle you to the ground or hold you back or is the project a thing that's going to happen as a result of all the conversations we have is the project that person who's sitting at home right now listening in is the project them having an aha moment and therefore sending you an email and saying, I listened to episode number three and it changed my life. What in your mind 
is the project. The Rodriguez project. Thank you so much for that. And I'm so glad that I asked that question (laughs) (laughs) because I think that allows us to, and set the tone of the stage moving forward. Um, You know, initially when, when coming up with a podcast, you know, we have this, this company mastermind media mastermind. I wanted everything to be business and mastermind D and all this, but I was like, wait a second. I also want to talk about life. I want to talk about all of these different avenues Mm -hmm. because my whole life up until maybe 2017, 18, I didn't want to share all of my truths mm-hmm. because I was a work in progress, didn't have much to show for it, and, um, and, and wasn't, wasn't sure like when I was going to be ready for that. And now I've set the stage to be transparent as much as possible in my life so I'm bringing on other people that I've either learned from or that I would just want to have a conversation with mm-hmm. to see what they've been through, how they've learned, um, and sometimes just to laugh for two hours. Mm-hmm. Life brings us so many different uh, feelings and emotions, and, um, and I don't want to pigeonhole myself into something that doesn't allow me to bring on all different walks of life and to learn from other people Mm -hmm. as well as share from my experiences and ask the questions that I'm interested in so that that would encourage other people, other works of progress to do the same, to be transparent, to be truthful in their lives and, uh, and to share their journey because that's my favorite thing about, about social media right now is that it allows us allows everybody to have a voice. Sometimes that's overpowering um, and it's hard to sift through everything. But for me, I think there's way more upside and, and I'm getting to a point now where I've started sharing my, my ups and downs of my life and the response from people and seeing how, how people have been able to relate to it, to learn from it. Yeah. I I agree with you with conditions. Mm Mm-hmm. I think that so many of the people I see on social media, the life that they're presenting is not really their life. The voice with which they're speaking is not really their voice. And I don't blame them, by the way, because I think that eight out of 10 human beings don't know what their voice is. Don't know what being transparent really is. And therefore, we're conditioned because of the society we're in to always present the the ideal version. Yeah. Oh, this is what it should look like, and this Fake is how it until you make it. Yeah, and all of that. And um, we use these terms like you got to find your voice, but we don't really know what that means. So we spend an hour talking about find your voice. Yeah, you're so right, man. Find your voice because your voice is the important thing, man. And find your voice, but we don't really talk about what that is and how to do it. Here's my example. You and I both are uh, composers and musicians, etc. But for the first 90% of my life, music to me meant if I fell in love with a song that Stevie Wonder does, my goal was to sing it like Stevie Wonder, which makes no sense at all because why would anyone want to listen to me yeah. try to be like Stevie Wonder when they can just buy the Stevie Wonder record? But the reason for that was I didn't know 
what my thing is. You know, you know what Bob Dylan's thing is, right? And mm-hmm. you know what uh, Aretha's thing is, and you know ah, those people, et cetera. You know what their voice is. You could name a hundred artists, and you go, "That's their voice." And then there's people like me who have an instrument and a love of music and a gift for creating music, et cetera, but no voice, no sound that. No approach, no lyric, no anything that says Stuart K. So social media gives us an amplification of whatever we put out, but it sometimes fools us into thinking that that's a voice. I'm going to try to sing Isn't She Lovely Now the way Stevie Wonder does. I don't (laughs) need a microphone to do that because nobody wants to hear it unless... I have some objective, some destination, some clarity of what my voice is. Best example is uh, uh, Roberta Flack had a song called Killing Me Softly. Beautiful song. Can't be done better. And then years later, the Fugees came out with a version that you go, that's a classic song. You can't say one is better than the other, but you can say... The Fugees heard that song and said, let us put our voice into mm. that. So, you know, I ha- I spend some leisure time, whatever that is, swiping through Instagram up, whatever it is, and I see most people pretending to be okay, pretending that they have an answer, pretending that they have something to say. Yeah. So... If the Rodriguez project is, the project of it is that you continue that mission to be transparent and to really find a voice, or if the project is for whoever's listening right now, I'm talking to you. I was talking to Mark a minute ago. Now I'm talking to you. If the project is for you to finally understand what finding your voice is and using your voice and figuring out what you want to do with your voice, wow, that's a worthy project. If the project is that I come in today like I'm guest on the thing and I realize something that I never knew, man, that's a worthy project. Yeah. But... The downside of social media is everybody gets a mic, whether they're ready to hold it or not, whether they're whether they have found something that is meaningful to say or not. And I'm not saying it's not entertaining to that's why karaoke is so great. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody who has no business with a microphone in their hand, but at least they're doing their thing. Okay, great. But um Let's not call it their voice until it, it is. is their voice. Yeah, I, I found myself when I first started doing music because I could I could impersonate a lot of different people. Mm-hmm. And then I found myself like, wait, what am what is my voice? So I think there is a level of you have to not have a voice and be using it to eventually find your voice. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and for me, the the way that I did that in music and then now. Um, uh, just in business or in the content that I'm putting out was 
take in, in music, it was taking songs that would be way different than anything I would ever do. Because after a while I was like, wait, I'm just doing everybody else's version. I'm mm -hmm. maybe being inspired by mm -hmm. these different people to create my voice. Right. And if you look at other musicians, you can see when they first start something, if you look at Drake right now and then, uh -huh. and then later as they find their voice. So what would you say to people that are finding their voice, using their platform to, to get there? Would it be like, just beware of who you're listening to, listening to? Because I think that asking the right questions like you touched on before to the right people. Yeah. Oh, yes. Is, is the main thing. So it's like, okay, finding the people that have a voice, that found their voice and that are bringing the right people on. So it's almost like they are the, the filter of, of, of good content, right? Yeah. Would you go, would you come to me for a, a doctor or, or something? Sure. Maybe you come to me for this or that. So how, yeah, how would you navigate that in this 2023 digital yeah. age? You've asked the, the almost unanswerable question, but the question that is worth trying to find an answer to forever. Here's how I, there's no way for me to answer that question. No, you don't have to be careful who you listen to. You have to be careful how you interpret it and then what mm. that causes you to create. Here's the example I give. Um, my wife is a choreographer, probably the greatest choreographer I've ever seen. I didn't know that. Yeah, because she, and she traded that in to be a mom and now a grandma and all of that. So she's not every day out there doing it. There are many choreographers I see who create great steps. The stuff looks good. It's impressive. It goes with the song, etc. My wife has the ability. She hears a song and she sees in her head the entire story. So she's not giving the dancers steps. She's giving them movement that allows each of them to individually and collectively tell a story. I don't see that story when I hear the song. I go, oh, nice song. And I'm not a lyric person, by the way, either. I don't know the words to any song because I don't pay as much attention. And I know that seems shallow, but I'm listening to the, the bass line and the chords. It's just my thing. So I can cook, but a chef looks at ingredients and sees that it needs cardamom. It would never occur to me to add cardamom to something. I don't even know what cardamom is. I don't know why I chose it. <laughs> But a real chef sees that. Um, uh, uh, my brother-in-law is an is a, is a artist painting, but he uses rollers instead of brushes. He sees a blank canvas and picks up a roller and something appears on that canvas that doesn't appear for me. So my point is, I should watch him work, but I can't co-op his ability to see what he's seeing on that canvas i can only find my my own desire and my own process of seeing what i see rather than trying to recreate what he does i can only listen to stevie wonder and say what does this song touch in me and therefore how would i interpret that rather than saying oh i'm gonna do this i'm gonna do the same riff that he did because i love that riff so, no, there's no danger in listening to and experiencing everybody on the planet. There's a danger in thinking that I have a voice when I repeat what you do mm. or attempt to repeat what you do. So to me, greatness, and, and, and maybe today we'll talk a little bit about greatness, because 
most of us see greatness as a destination. I'll be great when I've won an Oscar and I'll be great when I have $3 million in the bank and I'll be great when I'm driving this car, etc. As opposed to seeing greatness as that ability in whatever discipline I'm in, the ability to see that canvas the way my brother-in-law sees it to hear that music the way my wife hears it to see that meal the way the chef does it that's gonna be your greatness i I don't know if you're a great actor or a great producer or a great director or a great writer i only know that you have a way of communicating to people especially to artists that clears the fog a little bit. So to me, if I were you, and I told you I want to talk about you rather than talk about it in general, <laughs> yeah, I would try to um, articulate that to myself, that clearing of the fog, so that every movie you do, every podcast you do, every song you write or perform, etc., you say to yourself, hmm, how do I clear the fog for someone else? Forget about whether it sounds good or it looks good or it looks as good as this person or et cetera. Now that I've found my thing, if that's your thing, I'm not, I'm not anointing you with the clear yeah, yeah. the fog thing. I like the clear the fog, the, the fog thing. I think that's a, that's great to map onto the, to the internet, what the internet is, what we are all trying to figure out in our lives. Sure. So you have a way of doing that, whether you know it or not. I'm only telling you that because I've witnessed it and I've experienced it and you've done it for me and I've watched you do it for people on Clubhouse and I've watched you do it for people in the social media world, etc. So I know that my experience of you is that that's your gift because I don't know your acting gift. If someone called me and said, hey, is Mark Rodriguez a, a great actor? I'd say, don't know, but I suspect if you whisper the right instructions in his ear, He'll blow you away. Why? Because he will take that character and clear the fog. So if we each could find that thing that actually is our spark of greatness, because I can't explain how my wife choreographs a number. I can only say that when I watch the finished product, I go, whoa, not only do I know what story is being told. I know 10 different stories, 10 different dancers, and I know why that move was put there. And it goes so perfectly with that piece of music that it now elevates what the composer was doing. It elevates what the lyricist was doing. It elevates what the director was trying to do. It elevates what the lighting designer was trying to do. Now we're talking about something. So... You have a big microphone because you, you work in this world. But there's no point you having that microphone if you're just going to keep echoing the same old crap that right. everybody else is repeating and that you've done for years. And you said you had sort of a, a, a reckoning where you said, I want to be transparent. That's only valuable to me if what you're being transparent about is communicated in your voice. Yeah. And specific. Specific, actionable. Yeah, yeah I, I had a I had a moment and I'm going to 
ask you this in a sec for, for your moment um, that came to me where I, I, I think I finally found my voice in film and it was scary as hell. So we, we had done this, this concept trailer, put it out on the internet and it starts taking off. I'm like, oh my God, this is like, people are picking it up and, and showcasing it. A lot of really great love. And then the not so great love based on what the project was. And then the, the, these, uh, you know, it was on a world star and then people started, you know, questioning my, uh, or my ability or even what was going on in my head or how stoned I was when I came up with the idea, stuff like that. And, and for about four hours, it was like, it went from being the greatest time of my life being like, Oh my God, we finally were here. People are seeing that I'm great at what I do and all of this, my greatness. Mm-hmm. And then the negative stuff started coming and I'm like, Oh my God. What if everybody thinks I'm a failure? I think uh, how ridiculous I, maybe I am stupid. Why would I even think to do this? And then I got to the point where I was like, wait a second. You can go back to the, the saying all press is good press. But I had this moment where I was like, wait, I don't ever want to just be down the middle. Mm-hmm. I want to, I want something that people are going to fight over. When you talk about social media strategy, that's gold for you mm-hmm. to get it seen by, by most people. But I also was like, wait, I want people to not know what to expect and that to be my stamp of, of approval, my stamp of, of creative on whatever I do to say, it's very similar to like what's going on in Jordan Peele right now. You know, mm-hmm. I, I love some of his movies, some, some of them I don't love, but I'm going to see everything. But it's based on him finding his voice right. and then communicating it so that we can experience and then maybe learn or be inspired from that. Did you have a moment? Because I know you do a lot of different things. I didn't even introduce you. We, were, we, started, we started with the <laughs> Who intro. Who are you? Who are yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, but, but I could, I, you know, I love talking to you. I love learning from you and how you can com- communicate your voice to help other people as well. Was there a moment... Um, or a, ch- a chapter in your life that it was like a transition from searching for your voice or what you wanted to do into a place where you're like, okay, this is me. I know what I, what I have now. Great question. The answer is no. Cause, cause I'm still a work in progress. You'd have to ask me day to day. Some days I wake up and go, ah, I haven't accomplished a thing. Uh, uh, I was saying prayers last night. I was saying, <laughs> just give me a hint. Am I, am I, am I headed at all in the right direction? It's so crazy. Cause CEO and owner of BBR talent agency, B, uh, X2, um, management. Yeah. yeah. Management. yeah <laughs> there's all like, these titles. There's mm-hmm. all these Motivational titles. speaker, actor, director, you could, the list goes on and on yeah. multi hyphenate. Yeah. I so. heard you talking about that in, in, in a previous episode. And, and, and I want to say this again, not to you, but to the folks at home that you, this life, this society, this industry, if you're in the entertainment industry will fool you into thinking that those titles are what you're after. Mm. You'll get fooled into thinking that if you can put CEO after your name, wow, life is complete. Those titles are nothing. I could change my title today. It wouldn't make any difference. It's all about knowing what you do. Even if you say you're a director, that doesn't mean anything. I've worked with directors who can't direct their way out of a paper bag because they don't know what they do. They don't understand their gift. They don't understand what impact they can have. 
They just know they got the title. I did a production of a major thing that we, here in town and later found out that the reason the director was the director was his father had give, funded it as a gift, Christmas gift because he had always loved that show. But I had been listening to him like he had some wisdom about this piece. It's just a guy. So I say I'm a work in progress because, yeah, I've had a lot of titles and I do a lot of things, but I can only measure the actionable things, the things that really made a difference. And I think I've accomplished some things in my life, but that doesn't mean that I see it all clearly now and I and and, and at all moments. There are many moments where I, I can only speak about me, but I will tell you, you talked in the last episode about imposter syndrome and you were talking very personally about it. Well, everybody has that. Everybody, because everybody is trying to work to the next level up from where they are. So if you idolize Steven Spielberg, I promise you, and Steven Spielberg, if you're listening, forgive me for speaking for you, but I promise you Steven Spielberg has those moments. He wakes up in the morning and says, what am I doing? Yeah. Why did I take on this project? Oh, my God. I saw him actually at the, uh, maybe it was the Golden Globes, saying, I've been trying to tell this story of the Fablements for 30 years, but I was scared. Well, if Steven Spielberg is too scared to make a movie about his life, how, does, how are we exempt? Yeah. Who is it that you think has made it? If somebody had made it, you think those guys like Bezos and Zuckerberg and those guys, you think they'd still be fighting clawing in the trenches away, yeah. and clawing away if they had made it? There is no making it. There is no arrival at, ooh, now I've got it all. Now I know all of the answers. All I can tell you is today, at this moment, The day after Martin Luther King Day, to put reference here, mm -hmm. all I see is I see clearly how I might contribute to your journey. And I see how far we have yet to come in the journey of this nation, this society, this world. So no, the, every day I get something. Every day I see something and I go, ah, I got to factor that in. And then two weeks later, that's not useful to me anymore. So if everybody's looking for some aha moment where you go, now I've got it, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> it just made me think of, I, I, I thought of this because we had our first meaningful conversation, you and I, mm -hmm. at uh, SAG-AFTRA. Yeah. We ran into each other there and you you came up and said, and I remember all the years, and I'm again talking to a lot of the artists out there, all the years I was going, I got to get my SAG card. I got to get my SAG card. Oh my God, what am I going to do? And it was like this major pain, like a literal emotional, spiritual, physical pain that I just, there I am with my face pressed against the window and the party's raging on inside there and I can't figure out how to get it. How am I going to get my SAG card? I remember the day I got my SAG card, it was like I went on an audition. I got a call back. I went on the call back. 
My agent called and said, okay, you booked it. Come in the office, sign this, sign this, sign this. Okay. And I said, okay, what? And they said, well, you're, you're a member of the Screen Actors Guild now. And I was like, where's the band? <laughs> yeah. Where, where's the confetti? Where's the, that's it? After all that wringing of hands and gnashing of teeth, Okay, I booked the job, and therefore, it qualifies me to join SAG. Now, mind you, there was some money that had to exchange hands. Yeah, whatever you made on the, <laughs> on the job went to that. Previous job, yeah, because yeah. I was must-join. But, but we keep thinking that, oh, if I get that card in my hand, that's going to change everything. Changed nothing. I've had that card for 114 years. Have never taken it out of my wallet. Never needed to show it to anyone. Never did anything differently because of it. Now, granted, I wanted and love being a part of the union, but I thought that was a destination. Yeah. I thought that, well, if I get that SAG card, everything's going to change. No. Am I, Charles, am I shouting <laughs> into your microphone? No, I'm just at the edge of my seat. It's okay. great. If I, the idea that this card is going to do something, magically transform something, as opposed to the idea that I'm the magician, that I'm the one who's going to do something that translates something. The Fugees didn't just sit back and listen to Roberta Flack and say, oh, it's a great song. I wish I could sing like that. They said, let's come up with a version of our own. Dun, dun, dun. Let's put our voice into it. So then when you do that, what does it matter what card you have in your wallet? There's so many lies we tell in the entertainment industry. You'll never be able to audition unless you have your card. That's not true. Yeah. Is it easier? Okay, we're moving into another topic. All your card is, all your resume is, all that trophy you have, all the money you have, etc., all that is is currency. You said it right here. You said, we started this thing and I didn't even tell people who you are. They don't even know your name yet because we didn't bother to do that. The hope is that what we're talking about is currency enough that somebody is still listening and we'll find out what my name is and what your name is and what we're doing yeah, here. Yeah, if they're today. moved, they'll look it up. They'll figure it yes. out. <laughs> the currency is the thing. So most people who are pursuing some, some destination, some accomplishment, etc., the problem is they don't have the currency to get there. The same way that if you go in a store and you say, I want that garment, and they go, that's a $1,200 jacket. You say, I don't have the currency. So if you're a young actor and you're starting out, what's your currency? Your resume? How could it be? You haven't done yeah, anything. You have one. Yeah. Is your resume the awards you've won? How could it be? You're just starting out. Is it your name value? Could be. That's why some people, you know, in your world say, oh, I'm going to build such a powerful uh, TikTok following that I can't be denied. That's currency. Is it currency enough to get you a lead in a Tom Hanks movie? We'll see. Probably not. Probably not anymore. Yeah, <laughs> probably not anymore. 
for a minute, we thought it was. That was the game changers. Like you have a following, it's going to map on to sales for a film yes. and fill the theaters. That's a million tickets we could sell. Yep. But we learn as we go what is currency and what is not. So, so if you're talking about a moment, the moment for me was the moment that I realized there's no point trying to spend currency I don't have. Let me find a ridiculous example. In the dating world, there's some people who are just good with pickup lines. They just know what to say. And it works. That's not me. There's some people who are just so good looking that that's all they have to do. That's not me. So I have to find the currency in the dating world, if I'm a dating person, that I can spend. If you're a gardener, anybody can pull that lever, start up a thing and cut the grass, etc. But what's your thing? Is it that you understand plants and when they need sun and when they need water and etc.? Is it that you understand design so you know how to make the front of someone's home landscape? Uh, what, do you, what do you call that? Um, curb appeal? You know how to improve that? Or is it that you just take care of the thing. You put the garbage cans out and you do the thing and you do all the... Find your currency rather than trying to spend currency you don't have. Neither of us, you, Mark, me, Stuart K., are famous. So what would be the point in trying to compete with those who are with that kind of currency? Right. However, I'll take it back to music. I listen to um, Take Six, for example. If you don't know Take Six, they're a primarily a cappella group. One of the greatest, most <laughs> angelic sounds I've ever heard in my life, and I've had a chance to work with them and meet with them. And I listen to them, and I go, what am I bothering to sing for? Uh, my son sings like an angel. And I listen to his recordings and I go, well, why was I trying to sing? <laughs> but the point is, I can bring something to a song that those previously mentioned people can't bring. So if I don't know what that is, then I'm just going to keep trying to compete with them on a vocal level. And I can't. Yeah. But when I understand what it is that I bring to the performance of a song that takes six, that Aretha Franklin, that sting that any of those people can't bring that's the moment where i become all powerful that's the moment where you mark become all powerful when you understand the currency that's in your wallet you keep trying to spend the currency i have you're never going to succeed because i have that currency yeah so people give you generalities about how to succeed in life and how to succeed in this business or that business, but they don't explain to you how to identify what your currency is. Love you. I love you putting it that way. That's a really interesting way to, to put it. I think, uh, you know, when, when I, and this, this is a big jump for me as well, starting to do this or even to put myself back out there. Mm -hmm. Um, because for a while I was like, yeah, nobody wants to hear what I have to say or whatever. And I think a lot of people still that do have a lot to say that do know what their voice is. They still 
maybe don't post it or don't apply themselves because they're afraid of what could happen if, you know, Mm -hmm. the outside noise comes in. Um, But you said something uh, a long time ago, and I've heard heard you speak about it a few times, is people remember how you make them feel. And and that that feels like uh, the currency that I bring to the table. Now I've, I've come to understand what I bring to the table is like, whether it's business or social media, when I, I leave them understanding that they can do it and they are worthy and that their brand could be as big as other people's or there's something of value there mm-hmm. and help them understand their value mm-hmm. and give them the information on how to use the digital world to be able to get it there. Mm-hmm. So I think once I started understanding that, I'm like, okay, well, if I can just help people do that, do more of that, then... I'm, I'm, I'm great with putting myself out there. Mm-hmm. Clear the fog. Clearing the fog for them. Mm-hmm. And then in turn doing that for myself. Yeah. The project. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I'm looking at Charles over your shoulder. Who uh, Charles is, um, I guess, in charge of all the technical here. But he has a microphone in front of me. Yeah. And he's actually my sort of barometer because I'm watching him and when he leans forward, I think maybe I'm onto something. And when yeah. he sort of starts to, to, to tell about other stuff, I go, that's ah, enough of that. Uh, am I making sense to you, Charles? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. It's got good currency. <laughs> yeah. So yes. And by the way, you may wake up tomorrow and go, I don't care about inspiring other people sure, to do what yeah, they do. Yeah. But today, at least you can be, actively engaged in that thing and so i want to go back to something else you said you said i used to be afraid that you know first all the accolades came in and then all the negative stuff came in etc let me see if i can articulate this in a way that everybody that it means something to everybody greatness and your gift are only, I don't know if we're talking currency, spendable if they're unconditional. In other words, I can't leave here today and say, you know, I would have been great on that podcast if only Mark had offered me water up front. But damn, he didn't, so the hell with him. I'm going to nail this audition if uh, the director and the producer nod their head vehemently as I work. I'm going to be faithful in this relationship, but only if my partner makes me feel like the king of the world. A part of the reason I call it a gift is that when I do something, and as I speak right now, I gift you the freedom to love it or to hate it. And I also gift you the freedom to voice your opinion about it without me getting all emotionally wrung out and me arguing and justifying and being defensive about, you know, well, the reason I did this, I gift you the freedom to love my music to hate my music, to love my words, to hate my words, to love the way I look, to hate the way I look. You and I recorded a thing where I talked about asparagus, where I said, I really don't Mm -hmm. care whether Charles likes asparagus. It doesn't mean anything to me. 
It doesn't change my life one bit. So I apply that same thing to, I don't care if he likes people with shaved heads. I don't care if he likes people with skin the color of mine. I don't care if he likes people who say the things that I say. Because I, I gift him the freedom to love what he loves as long as it doesn't cause him to want to harm others. Yeah. So have you always been that way? No. Goodness, no. I spent most of my life with that same barometer you have, trying to please everybody and trying to get a yes and, and saying, if I'm just excellent enough, someone's going to come and say, you know what? You're excellent. Let me offer you an opportunity. Worrying about what people are thinking, etc. The difference for me is I don't have any fear of, uh, I know there are people who have fear of performing or speaking or being in public in front of people. I never had that. Yeah. Ever. Third grade, it's time for that oral report. I'm like, <laughs> when is my it's like turn? Public speaking, like who wants to go first? Uh, me. But, yeah. <laughs> Let's go. And why even bother with all those other people? Because I can speak for this entire hour mm. class that we have. I never had that fear, but I certainly, you know, I'd be in concert and 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 bring down the house and have this amazing standing ovation. And I go back in the dressing room and go, Mark Rodriguez didn't stand up. He must have hated it. Ah. God, what did I do wrong? Back to the drawing board. But at the point where I realized that, that that's a gift I can give to you. You don't have to tell me you love what I do. You don't have to love what I do. And you can, in fact, write or post or speak or record something saying, I'm the worst you've ever seen. That's my gift to you. So... I cannot tell you, Mark, or you, Charles, how to avoid negative feedback because I'm going to tell you that's part of the gift. That's what being unconditional means. Does unconditionally great mean I'm going to win every time? I'm going to uh, blow you away every time? No. It means I'm going to give you all I've got and gift you the freedom to interpret it however you will. Yeah, in that moment, too. I've always been at a place where even just starting out, I, I, would, I thought it was great. You know, and looking back at our old work, we've all done some, some, we made some questionable decisions, but we did the best. As long as you're doing the best you can at this moment, if you're going full steam ahead and continuously doing that, you're going to hopefully mm-hmm. get better continue to find your voice and your currency. Yeah, and and you can't even and Mark in the in the uh, in the crowd that didn't stand, you might have even misinterpreted that he had a, he had a boot on his on his foot yeah. and he's, he went a skiing accident last week. Most of the time yeah. that's it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And <laughs> let's not pretend we don't know what greatness is. In other words, you want to be a great actor. You know great acting when you see it. You know that scene Meryl Streep did in pretty much anything she's ever done. But okay, let's say Sophie's Choice. You know that that put your heart in your throat. 
Do you hold yourself to that same standard? Does your work look like that? That does confuse me. Some people that, if they do know, if they can, it's a, I feel like it's a taste buds thing. Mm-hmm. So, so do, you, do you think it is true that, that everybody knows what greatness is? They know it when they see it. Yeah, so that's that's why sometimes I see it, I'm just like, people. some people's taste buds just aren't there. So they can't either see it or they can't see it. They just don't know how to hold themselves to that, that level. There you go. Because it doesn't matter whether what I see as great is what you see as great. It only matters that I go, wow, that's great. And I want my voice to speak those kinds of right. things. Yeah. To sing those kinds of notes. The problem is most of us see Meryl Streep doing greatness and we think, I need to do that. I need to do what Meryl Streep does. You can't. Yeah. No one can. I don't even know how Meryl Streep can. <laughs> what you can do is go, now let me look at what I've created. Like, you know, our actors send me demos, 15 of them a day. And I look at these demos and I go, so you, th <laughs> you know, I saw Sophie's Choice, right? You know, I saw Idris Alba in 10 things. You know, I saw person after person after person. Yeah. You think this that you sent me is comparable to that? You thought I was going to get excited about this thing that you sent me? No, I think they didn't think about that. I think they said, I did something. I'm proud of it. And here it is. I don't. I think the problem is not that they don't know what greatness is. I think the problem is they don't yet have a process to achieve it. Yet to turn that spotlight on themselves and say, "Does this compare to snippets of work that I have seen that rock my world?" You're sending. Like, you want to be us. You're going to be my personal chef because you think you can do the job. Would you make me a bowl of cereal? It's food. Interesting, yeah. Pour the cereal in the bowl, pour the milk in. Mmm, yum, yum, yum. Yeah, that's your breakfast. No, you wouldn't do that. So why send me a bowl of cereal if you want me to represent your career? Why send me a bowl of cereal if you want, you want to be my social media strategist? Why send me a bowl of cereal if you want to be my partner in life? Send me something great. Or if you are sending him a bowl of cereal, I better be on the box. I better, like the construction of the whole thing. Like, what are you going to do to make that unique? Yeah. If, if you, you know, have a way of making a bowl of cereal blow my mind, do it. But most people just say, it's food. Yeah. What do you think? Yeah. How are you going to stand out from the rest? Yeah. I don't even know if it's standing out. It's standing up. Yeah. Yeah. Standing, uh, maybe a little bit of both. You know what thing. greatness is. Is this it? Figure out how to achieve it. because and, that, and, and there are ways of doing that. There are ways of reverse engineering. Okay, what was this film? What did they shoot on? Okay, great. How much did it cost to make this concept trailer? How can... And I, we see this with lookbooks all the time. People pitching their project. Because I always, always, you know, based on this new digital landscape and how you can use the internet to get attention and use that as leverage... Okay, let's see what people are doing in this space to get creative, to be seen, to stand up, mm -hmm. to be seen mm -hmm. and stand out. You can, the information is there or you can, you have access to a lot of these people mm -hmm. where you could 
DM them on Instagram. What, what kind of camera did you use? Where did you shoot this? How did you can get the information? And I think it just comes down to at that point, people standing up and standing out from the rest by executing properly. Yeah. Doing, see, everybody will tell you in order to master this thing, it takes years and years and years. It doesn't take years and years to achieve greatness. It takes years and years of repetition to understand what it is that you do. Yeah. But it only takes years and years because I spent three quarters of those years trying to imitate Stevie Wonder. <laughs> yeah, stop imitating. Cut to the chase. You're right. Look at what's working. But then say, how do I breathe life into that in a way that others can't? But the final thing is, if you're going to send me your demo, your resume, your uh, photos of the hairstyles you do, your making up things, samples of dishes... At least taste it before you send it and ask yourself, would I go crazy for this? Do I love this? This work, this product, this intent? Or is it just something? Yeah, I think that's where like a lot of people based on who they have around them too. Because a lot of people that I have around me come to me now for that opinion because they know I won't sugarcoat it and mm -hmm. and based on you know and they wouldn't come to me about how to cook though because I'd be the wrong person to ask <laughs> but you know people just saying oh that's great yeah send it out yeah those are not the people I don't ask my mother which headshots she right. likes right because she's not the one <laughs> she's not the one casting right and you got to focus on the thing rather than the result the reason I'm not any good at pickup lines Never was any good at pickup lines. I don't, I don't know. Do I do pickup lines now? Professionally? You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. I'm courting a client. I guess there's part of a pickup line thing. I don't do it for dates because I don't do dates. But at the time I was dating, I was always more worried about what I was getting mm. than I was about what was being given to the person I'm confronting. So... I didn't really care how what I'm saying makes you feel. I cared what reaction I get from you. So, of course, I'm not going to be any good at it. So what I should have asked myself is, how would you feel if someone approached you at a club and said, blah, 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 blah. So it's not so scientific. Not as scientific as we're making it sound. How would it make you feel if you're a painter, paint something. And if you look at it, you go, <sighs> it puts tears in my eyes. Okay. I can't promise you everyone else will see that, but I can promise you that it's greatness. Yeah. Cook this dish. And if you taste it and go, oh, delicious. I can't promise you Mark will like it. I can only tell you it's greatness. But if you send something... I, 90% of the actors that I ask, do you have a demo reel? They say, yes, I do. And then I say, so is it great? And they say, I, 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 I like it. I like it. I say, throw it out. Because if you don't love it, 
That's not evidence of your greatness. And that's what a demo reel is. That's what this podcast is, what it aspires to be. Some evidence of the greatness you, Mark Rodriguez, are capable of conjuring. Otherwise, we're just talking. Yeah. And it's okay not to have that right now. And it's, it's even if you, don't, if you have something that's not evidence of your greatness, a demo reel, it's okay that you have that. But you have to be honest with yourself and say, okay, we did that. We learned from it. Now, how do I make it better? Yeah, and don't send it to me. And don't send it to the person. Expecting me to it's also, write a, sign a contract with you. And it's going to be hard for you to erase that until the next one comes. I can't unsee yeah. it. Yeah. I can't unsee it. So, yes, you've got to do work and get work in progress. But don't start sharing it until you think it's great. Because most of the people who send me their reel, I, I tend to watch reels and I tend to communicate and go, mm, that second scene, they go, yeah, I knew that, you know, that was kind of a cheapy thing. That it, then why did you send it? You thought I wouldn't see that it's mediocre when you see that it's mediocre? What was your objective? <coughs> you thought I would say, well, he tried his best, so we're going to sign him. No, I'm not going to do that. This is my living. This is my life. This is how I feed my children. You've gone to all the trouble to put baffling on the walls and professional lighting and multiple cameras and these... SM7B? SM7Bs. I have one of these at home too. Yeah, Michael Jackson recorded Thriller on it, I believe. Exactly. <laughs> You've gone to the trouble to do that because you know that it matters. Yeah. We could have recorded this. We just put, put my iPhone in the center of the table and put on voice memos and had the same conversation. We could have done that. But you knew better. You know it makes a difference. Yeah. You know what your standard is. You know what you want to hear. And by the way, once you get to that standard, you can't do anything less. No. <laughs> once you get there, yeah. you know, and don't let that be, be like a crutch to like not do anything. If you do with whatever, whatever you have right now, because, you know, you as you're searching for your currency or whatever, too. But once you figure it out or find other people that have figured it out and follow what they did. Yeah. And yeah. And, and and know when to advertise it. I'm not saying don't do work and don't record podcasts yeah. and don't do things, but I'm saying apply the same taste that you apply when you're uh surfing through the channels on TV, something catches your eye and you go, ooh, I'm going to watch that. And then you watch the first two minutes of it and you say, ooh, I'm going to stay with it. Or you don't. Well, apply those same standards to what you're trying to do, whether it's making shoes or cooking meals or being in the entertainment industry. Apply the same quality of standards to your own stuff and say, I'm going to keep working, I'm going to keep working, but I'm not sharing this. I'm not using it as a demo of what I do. Unless it meets that standard. Yeah. Yes, you got to practice. And yes, you got to study. And yes, you got to keep experiencing things and all of that stuff. But the moment you start trying to sell goods that are substandard, that becomes your reputation. That means your currency isn't there yet. You don't have any <laughs> currency. <laughs> yeah, that's all right. It's monopoly money. Yeah. And then you wonder why you're not succeeding. You don't have enough money. And when I say money, I don't mean money, money. I mean yeah. money. Yeah. And how do we, so, so based, based on that, right. So we're, we're, we know 
based on our conversation is like, don't, you know, the destination, you're never going to get, going to get there. You're always going to be, there's new levels to this that you're always going to have stuff going on. How do you find yourself being most efficient? Like what is there, is there a structure like to get things done, especially someone who has multiple companies, uh, day-to-day life, you have family, um, yeah. What? How do you unlock your your flow state, or you're like being most efficient? Because everybody has the same amount of hours in a day. We also sometimes you got to have side gigs, whatever you're doing. You have family, and people have these dreams. But I've found in my experience that people don't understand, especially when you have big dreams, or you're in a in a very um, tough industry. Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't understand how much hard work it takes to get there. So number one, they either like bail early yeah. or based on that, they don't, they don't allow themselves to be happy in the journey of getting there, but they're also not being as efficient as they could to actually get to the, to where they want to go. Yeah. I have two answers to that. Um, Cause I'm not the most efficient person. I am a, a hyphenate. I mm-hmm. do a lot of things. And I don't always do them efficiently. Right now, there are probably six people who are going, why hasn't he answered my thing? And where's that thing he promised me, give me, et cetera. Um, so my advice to myself is um, always try to do the hardest things first. Because usually in life and in business, the things we enjoy and we're good at, we, we put all our focus there doing those things. Because it feels good yeah. to do it. And then we let these things that are hard or aren't in our wheelhouse stack up. So in terms of efficiency, make a list of the things that um, I have to accomplish today. And I rate them A, B, and C. A being the things that are hard and important and might take a lot of effort and aren't going to feel good when I do it. Got to drop that client today. What I tend to do when what many people tend to do is, I want to go to the C list. <laughs> I want to, you don't forget to write that song, and, yeah. you know, buy that new shirt and do those things, etc. So we busy ourselves so much with the C list that we go, oh, I didn't have time to get to the A thing. Do it tomorrow. Yeah. And then we do it tomorrow and tomorrow and tomorrow because that A list stays A and a new list of C's and we go, oh, I'm going to dig into that. So in terms of efficiency, do the hard things first. Keep prioritizing the things that you don't want to do. You don't feel like it's your strength. You don't feel like it's going to be comfortable. You feel like it's going to take a lot of effort. Get those things done. And, you know, I have this little phrase that I started on a New Year's years ago, which is do it now. Do it correctly. And reward yourself when you finish. With those A things. Mm. Don't put it off. Do it now. And don't slough it off. Do it with all you've got. And then reward yourself. Okay, now I'm going to watch the Laker game. In fact, I'm not going to watch the Laker game until I finish the A-list. Then I've got incentive. And slowly, by the way, those things on the A-list become Bs because I see that they're not so hard to do. Yeah, yeah, once they're over. So that's number one. Number two is... um, I don't think you can ever be too small or too broke to have an assistant. It just helps to have a team. It's a game changer. Isn't it? And, uh, you know, because 
even if you're not making a lot of money, et cetera, there's a college student in your area who could use an extra 40 bucks a week. Yeah. Just to put in three hours a week organizing your blah, 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 or doing research for your blee, 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 or uh, whatever it is. Sometimes we find ourselves in a situation where we just need a hand. And you give value for that. So even if your assistant only works two hours a week, that's two hours where you can say, will you take care of this stuff so that I can focus on these efficiency things? That was a big lesson for me. I, I have an assistant now who I don't know how I lived without her. Yeah, she's brilliant. Yeah. And, and the reason she's brilliant is that I don't have to tell her what to do. She tells me what to do. She called me this morning and said, you know, you got to be at Mark's studio at noon. And you know, you got to call this number. I'll put it in your calendar, et cetera, because I'm not good at those things. Yeah. So um, when you find your team, that team is worth its weight in gold. Some people think, oh, why am I spending all this money on Charles when I could push that button myself? No, you can't. You can't bring what Charles brings. Absolutely. My first assistant I ever hired, it came at, a, it was in the middle of the pandemic and I was like, okay, I don't know if I can or whatever, but just, you know, found somebody, put an ad out on LinkedIn. Within the first week, I was like, how did I ever uh-huh. do anything? And you just become so much more efficient that you get to where you want to go sooner or you start making things happen. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, it's a, that's a life changer. I love the list as well. Um, and I know you got to go here pretty soon. We're about an hour in. Wow. Uh, <laughs> yeah. um, but you, you said something at the very beginning. It wouldn't be very, um, I don't know, Barbara Walters of me if I don't, didn't ask. Uh, I saw something you know after she had passed a month or so ago, and, and saw you know about listening and about asking the the. It's about the second question and going deeper into that. You mentioned something um, that resonated with me. You, you mentioned something about um, congestive heart failure or something that's going on is that something that's that's new mm-hmm. and then how has that changed your perspective or how you how you work day to day or live your life mm. yeah um it's something from a, a while back now Here, here's how the heart failure thing comes you find yourself because i'm one of these people that uh, i'm always on the go there's always more to do work 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 and my friends finally called me on it because i was always saying to my friends I'm really busy this week, but once I finish this project, I'll have some time and we can hang. And they they finally started going, yeah, right. Because you're always going to find another project and another thing you've got to do, and you'll be busy and you'll be on the run, et cetera. In the middle of that, what happens is you get used to feeling crappy. You go, oh, yeah, I'm just on the go and I'm tired. And so... That's why this pain between my shoulder what it blades, takes. Yeah. yeah, my bag is heavy and I'm running around a lot, et cetera. And yeah, I'm out of breath a lot, but <clears throat> that's because I'm rushing from here to there. And yeah, I just don't feel generally good, but that's because I'm not sleeping enough. And I'm, you know, I just, eh. so you get used to this, what I call sort of low grade physical, mental, spiritual despair. So, uh. I just got used to feeling crappy. And I pushed through it because I'm a man, damn it. Uh, so I had a cough because <clears throat> I have allergies. And I finally went to a doctor 
long, finally long overdue to see what the cough was. And um, they couldn't find anything with the cough, but they said, but this result over here doesn't look good. So they sent me to another doctor and the doctor said, well, this, I don't see anything with your cough, but maybe you should go have a stress test. <laughs> so I went to the stress test and they said, okay, we're going to put you on this treadmill and hook up these sensors and we're going to start you out at, you know, a really slow pace. So you'll do that for about two minutes. And then, and then he said, get off, get off, sit down. Call the nurse and put nitroglycerin under my tongue. Because at the most basic level, like the treadmill was just, you know, when you work out on the treadmill, it starts out going. Yeah. I was at that level. <laughs> wow. And he was like, get off. So it turned out that my uh, all of my major arteries were 90 some percent blocked. Wow. And they were wondering, how did you not keel over? dead long before this so to really try to answer your question um it's a thing you don't think about until you have to and even now i still oh, i shouldn't have fries with that but you do etc but at least you become aware of the fragility of this experience which is why your fear that Someone's not going to like your project or your song or your performance or your whatever it is. Is so small in comparison to that I was this close to not being here anymore. Which I must tell you means less to me the, uh, about me than it would mean about how it would impact my children and my wife and my now my grandchildren and my closest friends. I almost threw that away because I didn't care enough to focus on excellence, excellence of how I feel, excellence of my routine, excellence of how I treat myself excellence in exercise and all of those things just didn't care enough because I'd rather do the stuff on the C list. There's no end to the stuff on the C list. Mm -hmm. Things I like to do. I'm going to be up all night in the studio writing this song. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I can't go to the gym. So yeah, I only have time to go through the drive through pick up a burger and fries and munch it on my way to the next thing. So again, what I'm trying to say today is I could give you philosophies about heart health and all that. But I'd rather each of us think about what we can do. What you can do. What you can stand for. What you can say that really means something as opposed to busying yourself with things to say, well, look how hard I'm working. You say, I've been in this business for 30 years. No, you haven't, because you wasted 28 of those years doing nonsense, listening to lies, and not being active, actionable. So you're two years in, what do you want to do with the next year? 
So I went straight into surgery. They didn't know if it would be open heart or whatever. I was lucky. They were able to do it with angioplasty. I got a second chance. Wow. So that's why I don't want to waste any time. Thank you so much for that. Um, yeah, I think there's there's a big thing that I that I would neglect, and that would be health. You know, there was this, a part of my life that was only health. It was like let's just go to the gym and just make just see how strong I can look, and then mm -hmm. then they'll cast me, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm such an extremist that when it came to business, I would okay. Uh, even when I was like living out of my car for a little bit, I was like eating, you know, mini meals at. Uh, McDonald's for like $3 and 70 cents and I can do it. I get my fast metabolism. Well, and I had a moment where I started having heart palpitations, like a skip beat mm -hmm. being like, Oh, that's weird. Once a, once a month, then once a week. Mm -hmm. And then got to the point where it's, you know, several times daily. Finally, okay. Maybe I should check this out. And then having, you know, the, the different medical tests and stuff like that and not finding too much, but it was actually almost a blessing that when I went to the doctor for these things that they couldn't really figure it out. Cause they weren't telling me that I need to change my lifestyle. Mm. There was, Oh, maybe we just need to do this. Let's do an ultrasound. I didn't do a stress test, but it was a wake up call. Like what the, what the fuck am I doing? I need to mm -hmm. care for myself. And it's the same thing for me. It was, it was starting to think about, okay, what are my nephew and my family? And like, wait a second, it's not just about me. And cause at that point, you know, and I can't finish all the work that I've started. I wasn't really thinking about that. I, or I was thinking about that. Then once you flip it on thinking about the family and stuff and how, how I think Jordan Peterson said something about don't, don't um, downplay in, in other words, but don't downplay, you know, what the loss of you would do to the people around you. Mm -hmm. And um, you know, now, although, you know, before I talked about, they don't know how much hard work it actually takes to get to where they want to go, but you also have to find that balance and it's hard being an extremist and everything, whatever, but you have to, once you fall in love with the health, which I'm yeah. still dealing with that, that balance that has to, you know, there has to be a balance within that world. Yeah. And everything's an excuse. You know, the period of my life, six months or so where I was unhoused, I guess is what we now say. I lived in my car. I had a double, a double whammy. I found a place that was relatively safe to sleep in my car. And it was near a donut shop where you could get an apple fritter for a dollar 75 and that apple fritter weighed like two pounds so i was eating one of those a day to wow. fill me up oh, apple fritter which really i was eating grease and fat and sugar but it would fill me up and it was only a dollar 75 so I had, all i had to do was figure out how to get a dollar 75 um so i get it i guess i should do the commercial right Yes, someone yes, should buy my book. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. As uh, we close this up, so uh, yeah. thank you just for being here, and uh, you know it's always a pleasure speaking to you and Thanks. and listening to you, and it all begins with I. Yes, yeah. If if anything that I'm saying resonates, um, this book will be a good companion for that. And and I always tell people, most people don't read it like a normal book. They read three chapters and then they experience a little bit of life, and they go. Oh, that's what he's talking about. Oh, because all, what this book is, it's not anything you don't know, but it's what I call the 14 new rules of thinking because rules are nonsense because I can't tell you what the rules are. You're not going to follow them. 
you can't talk to me that way. You're going to say, I talk to you any way I want. These are rules for myself. These are rules that I'm going to follow. The way you do when you go to the gym, you go, I'm going to work out this much each day and I'm going to increase the weight this much, et cetera. These are my rules. It's only when they're not rules that you don't do them. That's the reason I don't uh, check in on my brother every now and then because I haven't made it a rule. He doesn't like it, but it's not a rule. It is a rule that I'm going to eat every day and I'm going to do certain things for my children. I'm going to show up at the office, etc. So these are 14 new rules of thinking for me. Rules that if I follow them, my life gets better. They're not about you. When you do that thing that you do that is horrible for me, I have a rule that tells me how to handle that. Because I can't change you and I can't blame you. I can only create rules that allow me to successfully navigate this journey. So yes, it's called It All Begins With I, The New Rules of Thinking and the Simple Secrets to Living a Rich, Joyous, and Fulfilled Life. Um, I don't claim to be an expert on anything. I just know that since I wrote this book, a lot of people have said, when I use these as rules, my life gets better. Things start happening. Yeah. So it's on Tall Fellow Press, and uh, it's available at Amazon and Barnes and & Noble and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. go, go to Tall Fellow Press and check it out. And if you hate it, I gift you that. <laughs> and But you won't. And I, and, and, <laughs> so. and I don't mind hearing that you hate it because some people say, I've heard that before. Great. That informs me of how to do the next thing. I don't have a demand of anyone's reaction. I'm just saying, if it can help you, it's my honor to Absolutely. be a part of it. Yes, pick that up. Um, I've, I've seen you speak, you know, one-on-one. I've seen you speak to a hundred people and it's, you know, the way that you're able to move people or or inform them and give them the courage to actually go about and change their lives. Um, and with these rules to to live by highly, highly recommend, uh, picking this up. Uh, anything else going on? Any, are you speaking anywhere soon? Now that things are opened up? I, that's my, 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 my wish. Um, I love talking to people. Um, sharing things. I want to be doing more of that. I'll travel anywhere. I'll speak to any group. I'll speak to any size. I'll do that. I want to be doing more of that. I assume you're going to re- pre-record some kind of intro so people know who you're talking to, well, what well, it's I ha- about. I had, a, I had an intro planned, uh, but then we started the pre-intro. Yes. And uh, But that's what's, that's what's great about speaking to you is that we don't know where it's going to go, but I know it's going to be valuable. Yeah. Um, so so yeah, people have all the information where they can get everything in the description yeah. as well. So um, yeah, so I'm Stuart K. Robinson, and I'm easy to find. I'm all over the you know the usual places, uh, and as I said, Barnes and Noble and Amazon and all that stuff. And um, if you have a group that wants me to come out and share some stuff, I would be happy to. So uh, yeah, I have lots of stuff scheduled, but I can always schedule more. All right, thank you, brother. Thank you, my pleasure. And thanks, everybody at home, for listening.